Welcome to episode 12 of the J&J Sportscast with me, your host, James. And your co-host, Joseph. Okay, so as usual, the first topic on our agenda today is the NFL's schedule and scores from our current week. We are no longer in any of the regular season weeks. We are now in the NFL playoffs, in case you haven't noticed. So our picks were, we were 50, 50 on our picks. We got two of our four picks correct. I had originally picked... I originally picked the Bears, the Cowboys, the Texans, and the Chargers. And the scores are actually Eagles, Cowboys, Colts, Chargers. So we got our Cowboys and Chargers picks correct. But we. But not the Eagles and the Colts. How yeah. about Nick Foles again? Yeah, that dude. He seems to be playing a lot better than Nick than uh, Carson Wentz was back, in, back when he was at full strength. No, back when he was at the season. But we haven't really seen him full strength this season, so I don't know if he was just off because of his knee. Yep. But maybe we can get a year without injury for Carson Wentz next year. <sighs> but until then, Nick Foles will keep um, um, amazing us. Yeah. Then the Texans versus the Colts. This one was a 50-50 matchup. I didn't really – I couldn't really decide who was going to win. The Colts beat the Texans back in uh, whatever week they played him in a couple weeks ago. And they won, and I, I didn't, I did, I didn't really know who was gonna win. I just picked the one that I had seen the seen play the most, and I was wrong. So let's go into the actual matchups for this week: Colts versus Chiefs, AFC number one, AFC number two, Chargers versus Pats, NFC number one, Cowboys versus Rams, NFC number two, Saints versus Eagles. So, what are your picks on this? All right. So, first matchup, the Colts and the Chiefs. Um, the Colts have a good offense, decent offensive line. Their defense is also decent. But the Chiefs – but you can't have a decent defense to beat the Chiefs. Definitely You not. need an amazing defense. If – you would need maybe the Bears, but the Bears are out. So yeah. It's – they – they lost Poor the Bears. Poor Bears. We're close. Anyway, so the Chiefs on the the first matchup, I'll pick them. Then the second AFC matchup, Chargers versus Pats. I like Marlon Gordon. I like the Philip the uh the, the hot streak that Philip Rivers has been on, but the Pats are just too play. They have too much playoff experience. So you're picking the Pats on that one. Yep. And then here's my real like upset alert: the NFC oh. number one. Ooh. Cowboys versus Rams. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. The Rams Whoa. have not been playing well as of late. They have not. They've struggled. Gurley is going to be in for this one. That should take care of their, some some of their run game woes, but, but still going with the, yeah, cow- the, the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they haven't had a really nice season in a couple of years. Their fan base is going to be cheering. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are going to be hyped, and the Cowboys are going to walk away with a victory against the Rams. And then the, la- the last NFC matchup, Saints versus Eagles. Nick Foles, you were a very good quarterback, but you're not in Drew Brees' level. You never will be. And you don't have the be- you don't have a running back to go with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Saints have that one. Yeah, I- I'm going to 
agree with you this uh, 25% of the time, I think. No, you said, you said Chiefs, Chargers, and then Cowboys. Chiefs, Pats. Chiefs, Pats. Cowboys, Saints. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you 50% of the time. I'm going to go with Chiefs over Colts, like you said. And I'm going to go Chargers over the Pats. Ooh, okay. Just because I'm thinking the youth might beat out the old geezer Brady and the clunky Patriots offense. Actually, not clunky. The veteran experienced... I hate to say that. The veteran experienced Patriots offense. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I'm thinking the Chargers are taking it to youth, and Rivers is a lot younger than Brady, even though they're both like upper 30s, Brady's in his 40s. But I'm still going to take the Chargers in this one. Then I'm going to go with the Rams over the Cowboys. Actually, no. I'm, let me think about this. He's thinking. Rams have, Rams have Gurley back. Gurley and Zeke are... Fairly similar players, both smash and bash. Which is more experienced in the playoffs? Do you? Would you think? Neither. Yeah, not mm, the Rams are really. But I mean, Rams, I think like, the really Cowboys bad. have a better offensive line. So. Yeah, Cowboys have a better offensive line and probably a better defense. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm I reversing converted my pick. you to Cowboy Land. I'm reversing my pick. I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. Big upset. So that also changes my Super Bowl. Actually, no, that, that does not change my Super Bowl pick. Got lucky on that one. Then I'm also going to take Saints over the Eagles. Or wait, you, you said Eagles. No, you said Saints. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Saints also just because Derby is on a whole different level than any other quarterback in this league. He's so accurate. They have a great stamina duo in Mark Ingram and... Alvin Kamara, both very strong running backs and a very good passing game. Awful defense, but I'm going to take their. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to stick with the Saints. I'm going to stick with the Saints in this one. Then, so then now for our Super Bowl picks. No, you skipped a step. What step did I, what step did I skip? Ship the AFC and NFC championships. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Wait, I picked those. This is the divisional round. That's a divisional? Oh. Let's just fast forward to the Super Bowl. Okay, whatever. Okay, so, so uh, um, I in the AFC Championship, I have Chiefs over the Pats because their offense is just crazy. And then um, in the NFC Championship, I have Saints over Cowboys. The Cowboys just can't aren't going to be able to keep up with that offense either. So here in the Super Bowl are two dynamic offenses. And two kind of crappy defenses. So, which one did you pick again? You picked, picked Eagles and Cowboys? Not Eagles, Saints. Oh, Saints and Cowboys. That's your, that's your Super Bowl projection? No, that's both, they're both in the NFC. Oh. It's the, my Super Bowl proje- projection is Saints-Chiefs. Saints-Chiefs. That was also my projection. Who do you think is going to win that? Man? I don't know. The offenses are great, but... I'm going to go with Mark, the duo of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara over the over Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a very good back. But Kareem Hunt's gone. He is? Commissioner's ex- Exemplist. Oh, I forgot. It. I did not hear about that. Anyway, so that um, strengthens my pick even more, I guess. <laughs> yes, I'm going to agree with you all the way. Sadly, I have to agree with you. But I think everything you said was it's going to work out. I'm going to say... I'm also gonna. I'm gonna reverse my pick. I forgot about um, 
Kareem Hunt being on the exempt list until just now. So I'm saying Saints are Super Bowl champs. Their defense ho- hopefully will come through in the clutch and triumph over the Chiefs' outstanding offense. We'll see you guys in the next segment. Welcome to our college football segment. We're just going to be covering the national championship game that took place last week between the Clemson Tigers and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tell us about this game, Joseph. So, yeah, the final score was 44-16 in favor of Clemson and utter steamrolling of epic proportions. Uh, So we're just going to go over his stats. Kind of the reason why they lost is that Tua Tagovailoa did not play as well. Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Yes. Did not play quite as well as everybody hoped. Two interceptions. I think he had a fumble somewhere. Mm-hmm. It just was just was not good. Two hundred ninety-five yards, two and two touchdowns for him. Also, Najee Harris was their number one running. Uh, yep, number one running back with nine carries for fifty-nine yards, no touchdowns. Running game was kind of dismal, which yeah, which kind makes of makes a lot sense. We're dealing with Clemson's, Clemson's offensive line, line or defensive line. line. Sorry, excuse me. Well, speaking of the defensive line, even though Dexter Lawrence is missing in this game, he was suspended a couple weeks ago for using performance enhancing drugs. Their um, their defensive production didn't seem to go down any. I almost feel like it wouldn't have been much of a big noticeable difference, even if he was there. They performed amazing. Shut down like the one of the highest ranked offenses in the country, and did it very well at that. Yep. So their best, or Alabama's best receiver was Jerry Judy with 139 yards and five five receptions with one touchdown. So that good numbers for him. This was a common trait between both offenses. It was very very long throws down the field, a lot of big completions. Very high average yards for a lot of their star receivers. Yeah, speaking of the, speaking of long throws, Trevor Lawrence was making a lot of those for Clemson. Definitely. 20 of 32 for 347 yards and three TDs and zero interceptions. He was he was the he was the um captain of the Clemson machine this game. Definitely. Rushing Travis Etienne. 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 No, I'm saying wrong thing. Travis Etienne with 14 carries, 86 yards for two touchdowns. And then Trevor Lawrence with six carries for 27 yards and no touchdowns. Receiving Justin Ross was their number one receiver in this game. Which is kind of surprising because T. Higgins was definitely their best receiver coming into this game. Yeah. Justin, but Justin Ross, the freshman, stepped up in the big moment. He hit the clutch, definitely making a lot of good I catches. Think he's a freshman. Turned on the Jets. Yeah, he's either a freshman or a sophomore. He's not a very veteran player. I don't. I don't think he had six receptions, one hundred and fifty-three yards, and one touchdown, twenty-five point five average yards to catch there. And then T. Higgins with three receptions for eighty-one yards, one touchdown, and twenty-seven yards of average. On the defensive end, Isaiah Simmons was their best um, was their best defensive player this game, with eight tackles. That's kind of a lot. That's definitely a lot. Well, not a lot if you're dealing with Clemson, but a lot for any other team. And they they had a very good defensive game, very good offensive game. They just the machine was firing on all cylinders this game. Everything looked amazing for Clemson. They're definitely going to be a national championship threat again next year, but. Bama, 
they've been the they've been the big big giant, but got defeated this game. Kudos to Clemson. Yeah, like I was talking with my dad before the game, and he was like, "Okay, we should cheer for Clemson because they're the underdogs." And I was like, "Well, it's kind of the same thing now. It's just they're they're a big of a juggernaut. They're a big." They're as big of a juggernaut as Alabama at this point. Definitely. It's kind of like the Warriors and Cavaliers of um, Before they football. lost LeBron James. Before they lost now LeBron. they're pretty darn trash. But that concludes our college football segment. We'll see you guys in the next segment. Welcome to our next topic, Fortnite Challenges Season 7, Week 6. Okay, so Joseph, run us through the free challenges. Alright, so the non-Battle Pass challenges, number one is search an ammo box in, in different lab no, named locations. You have to do seven of those, and um, gives you five battle stars or half a tier. The second one is search chili gnomes. You have to do seven, you have to search seven of them, and it gives you five battle stars. Um, the third one is eliminate opponents in Lucky Landing or Tilted Towers. You have to eliminate three of them, and it gives you a full tier or ten battle stars. Now we will show you exactly where to find these chili gnomes. So the first chili gnome is by the tower southeast of of uh, the castle on Polar Peak by a large tree on a hill just south of Shifty Shafts on a hill south of the unnamed factory or just east of Viking Village, south of Snobby Shores, south of Viking Village, next to the northmost building in Happy Hamlet, on the iceberg south of the island, on a little snowdrift on the north side. The Yeti Cave, east of Happy Hamlet, drop in through the hole in, a, in the ground, surrounded by trees. Those are where the chili gnomes are. So then, the other challenges are, as I know they are, Stage 1, visit Polar Peak and Tilted Towers in a single match. And then you have to... And then there's at Stage 1. And then Stage 2 is go to Lucky Landing and Retail Road in a single match. Stage 3, Lazy Links and Shifty Shafts. So this is this is a kind of annoying part of this challenge. You have to finish a match. You can't just hit all three places in one match. You have to go to one... You have to go to Polar Peak to the Towers, die. Stage 2, Lucky Landing, Retail Row, die. Stage 3, Lazy, and then Shifty, and then die. Yeah, that's so, really annoying. But it, it does help out with your Play 7 Matches challenges from, from a little bit ago. Then, next up on the challenge list is... Slide an Ice Puck over 150 meters in a single throw. To do this, you can either... This one's a lot... This one is... A fairly easy one, or you, you can do it the hard way, or you can do it the easy way. You can slide a puck right before the battle puss leaves. This worked for me. I don't know if it's going to work for you guys. I don't know if I just got like a one-time glitch or something. Or you can go to the top of Polar Peak and fling it out into the ice. What's next, Joseph? All right, so the third, the third one on the battle pass is to deal damage with SMGs to opponents. Um, you have to deal 200 damage, and it's worth three battle stars. Three battle stars per stage, I believe. So then the next stage, I think, is deal damage with uh, chili gnomes, and then deal damage with SMGs to opponents. And then stage two is using assault rifles, which shouldn't be too bad. Stage three requires you to use grenades, clingers, or stink bombs. 
So, yeah, this one, I would also suggest that um, you do one of the large group matches, like 50 versus 50, or Disco Domination, or um, any of the respawning LTMs, because it makes things a lot easier. You can spread on somebody's face and try and deal as much damage as possible without worrying about the fear of dying and having to go to a different game. Then, the other, the last challenge is deal damage with different weapons to one opponent. Dif deal damage with different weapons in a single match. You have to deal damage with five different weapons in a single match. That's with ten battle stars. That is one of the two ten battle stars in the week six challenges. This one is fairly difficult to do in a regular match. I also recommend one of the large, like like a, like for the um for the SMG damage. I definitely recommend doing one of the big, larger group responding ones. And you can have all five weapons in your slots and then do the damage as much as possible without fear of dying and having to go start another match. I believe that wraps up our Fortnite Season 7 challenges. We will see you guys in the next topic. Welcome to our new segment. We might do this bi-weekly or every three weeks, depending on when any big blockbuster trades happen. This is MLB Trade Central with me, James. Okay. So I think the biggest trade that I they're the biggest trade that I've been paying attention to pay, paying attention to because I'm a Cardinals fan. We are in the NL Central. Yasiel Puig got dealt to the Reds. So along with a bunch of other players, so the Reds got a major power and uh, I don't know light clubhouse light feeling addedness. And Yasiel Puig is also now reunited with his old hitting coach Turner Ward, so we can smooch him all he wants. That'll be very interesting to see what those guys will be up to. And then the Yankees are officially out on Manny Machado. Or not, not officially out, but are rumored to be out on Manny Machado. And also, the um, Machado is now rumored to have narrowed down his search to two teams, the White Sox and the Phillies. I really don't care if he goes to either of these teams. Yeah, they're both kind of non-threats. The Phillies, the Phillies are decent, though. So And they're, they're, they're not... Anywhere near a threat to the NL Central. So as long as you don't go anywhere in the NL or the NL Central, I'll be very happy. I don't really care at all. Bryce Harper, still a big question mark. The Yankees are most likely out on him now because they got DJ LeMahieu from the uh, Colorado Rockies. So I think that's going to be their big addition. Now they're just going to try and work with what they have, the multi-star power land that they have. So I think those will be the biggest those have been the biggest trades that have happened lately and the biggest rumors. Sorry for the, not longness of this, I guess. The, sorry for the shortness of this, but there hasn't been a ton happening. It's been mainly rumors. Not a lot of big blockbuster trades have been happening lately. Okay, thank you guys for listening. Please favorite our podcast, and we will see you guys in the next episode.